Good morning. I'm so glad you're able to join us today. Just before we jump in this morning, can I just share a couple of uh, stories with you? As a church for some time, we've longed to develop a, a healing culture. We want to do what Jesus did and we want to do it the way that he did it. And so you'll have noticed recently that Helen anchored um, a night on Zoom to start training on it and to really create an environment um, a practical environment to do it and we're going to do more stuff like that in fact on the 10th of May she's going to do another evening we'd love to invite you to it to be trained and to be equipped to do it and then um, not just to learn about it but to actually practically get on with it and um, anyway um, I don't know if you know this but Helen had been struggling for a while with sciatica and just for those of you that don't know and I'm no medic myself but I'd say roughly speaking sciatica is like a, is a pain and a uh, a weakness that radiates along the sciatic nerve from the lower back uh, around the legs and anyway a few weeks ago I had a dream that a few was few of us in the church gathered around Helen to pray with her and to command that the pain would be gone and that the healing power of Jesus would be released over her. Anyway, the next day when I woke up, I texted her and said, I've just had a dream and a few of us gathered and we prayed and we commanded that it would be gone. Anyway, get, get this, from that point on, from, re from receiving that text, she is completely pain-free, like completely. I, I just love how the Lord works. I've heard of a number of um, physical healings over Zoom over the last year, but this one, just through the dream and all of that, is certainly not something that I can easily explain away in the natural. And then this last Monday, a number of us were on um, a Zoom call in a breakout room, and I've shared that I've been having a few problems with, with my foot. And I think I've shared this with you, uh, with all of you, and I've had scans and all sorts, and they can't put the finger exactly on what the problem is. Anyway, the pain kind of happens in two ways. One is just walking along, sometimes my, my leg nearly gives way from the pain and I almost collapse. But the second one is, I just get like, it, even when I'm sitting, doing nothing, I can be in constant pain and feel it. And if I'm honest, that's the one that is slightly more debilitating. So we're on this Zoom and they're praying for me and the top of my foot cracks. You know sometimes where you get like a joint crack, or I don't know exactly what that is, but you get that like noise. And um, it was a bit bizarre because it was on the top of my foot, not a place I'd normally ex like expect that kind of crack to come from. But also I normally would get that, or I guess many of us would get that through moving, and it would be the joint or whatever it is. But I was sat there with my foot on the table not moving. And um, so... Anyway, there's there's a couple of doctors in this Zoom breakout room with me and they, they seem to be agreeing with me. It's a bit odd. But anyway, the point is this. The pain instantly lifts, instantly gone. The sitting pain is gone. And I almost had to manipulate it to find the other pain. So I'm not saying completely healed. I still do get the like walking along pain, but the sitting pain is completely gone. And uh, don't, don't you just love it? Honestly... We've, we've always said, don't tell me God doesn't heal until you've prayed for 100 people. I can't always explain it. I can't explain some of what happened in those moments. Of I can't explain how he works and how he moves. But the more we ask, the more he does. Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, 
so my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. I'm just praying. And I ask you to join with us for a release of healing over us, for dreams to be released over us, for God moments, for faith and expectancy to practically step out in doing the stuff that Jesus did, for praying for people, not just praying for ourselves among ourselves, but for those in our city that we meet who have physical and practical need. We want to step into those moments and do the stuff that Jesus did. We don't just pray because of what we see, we pray because he commanded us to do it. But the more we do it, the more we'll see it. And um, it's, it's amazing. I love it. You know, I want to continue today a series that I started last week called Your World Has Changed. If you've missed last week, I'd encourage you to catch up, catch up online. I'd really recommend that you go on this journey along with us. But today I just want to consider this. Your world has changed and how now we journey together. It's so important we journey together. What does that look like in a time and in a culture where often... People choose isolation or it's easier not to or we've learned to live apart. I want to paint a picture for you of what it's like to journey together. Let me let me just paint that picture by way of an illustration, but bear with me because it's kind of a, a, the lion's share of what I want to share this morning. I know some of you have told you parts of this, some of this, but when I had this life-changing encounter with the Holy Spirit in Manchester in the year 2000, at the time I was about to move to live in Essex, and Steph was living um, the other side of uh, the south of the country, and um, quite a way away, and this is way before we get we got married, so I would regularly go and visit her. And when I did, I went to her church and I stayed at a mutual friend's house whilst I was visiting Steph. And this guy became a really great friend and as did his parents, actually. It was just amazing how kind and hospitable they were to me. But anyway, I slept on this inflatable mattress in his room. And one morning I woke up on a Sunday morning and um, I pretended I was still asleep because he was like um, flexing his biceps in front of the mirror. And it's I'd never forget that moment. It's one of those I wish like mobile phones and like camera phones, all of that were around then because I wanted to capture that moment. It was just proper funny. Anyway, that's actually got nothing to do with anything. But Anyway, later on that morning, his mum comes up and she says to us both, uh, right, it's, it's, it's time to go to church. You're on setup. Paul, you can you can join him too. And I'm like, oh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, like roll with it. They've just given me free bed and breakfast. I've never actually been to this church that they're going to before but like I'm somehow I'm on setup and I'm like yep 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 okay and um actually I'd never really heard of anything like that anyway I'm like setup what even is this so we rock up at this school and I've I've got to say we got off to a bit of a winning start because his mum absolutely bossed it she pulled out as we're getting out of the car she pulled out this bag with these like wraps of tin foil and um in them are like just absolutely stuffed with bacon rolls which honestly is kind of helpful for that kind of thing but anyway we walk up to this school and um i know i've kind of said it but it's a school so a load of other paper people turn up to this school and help to form it into a church and on arrival other than the guy i was with i literally knew no one and so Somehow I got involved. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I laid out this massive sound cable thing and I put out a load of chairs 
and I moved a load of tables in some of the classrooms and then we put out a load of kids toys in those classrooms and they used to have these baskets full of sweets that could be given out at half time and uh, that's why I called it half time because I'd never really been to a church where they had this little break where they gave out sweets and um, I'd only ever really been to like stand up sit down churches do you know what I mean where it's like you know you stand up sing a song you sit down you say a prayer you stand up you sing a song so um Anyway, I have to say, little confession session, I've never really told anyone this, but I put as many sweets in my pockets as went into the baskets. And just where they stored all the stuff on this back of stage place. I also found a bag of donuts from the previous week and um, I ate one and it was like a brick. It was so hard to digest. But anyway, that's really got nothing to do with anything. But the reason I tell you is because I remember all of this like it was yesterday. It's so vivid to me because it was such a life-changing experience. And um, that morning, I got to know about seven people, all of whom I could still tell you their names, even though it was 20 years ago, at least 20 years ago now. Then as um, the, the church bit started a bit more, as more people started to turn up, the, the funny thing is, I used to really hate environments like that. I used to really struggle with them. I didn't know anyone. Like, who am I going to chat with? How is this going to work? Where are all these people? Like, how, this is just going to be weird and awkward for me. But then I knew these seven people or so. And whilst I didn't have a lot to say, they were all nice. And they were talking to me. And they were almost like the seven of them were, like, rotating around me, taking it in turns to chat with me. And then um, as more and more people arrived, the churchy kind of bit started. And I sat right at the back of this school like they, it was like weird they had a stage at the front and this weird like stepped stage at the back and I sat under this overhang right on the very back row and I still actually remember the coat I was wearing because I zipped it right up like over my over my mouth I like kind of ducked into my coat almost as a bit of a safety blanket thing and then the guy who was I guess leading the church I'm guessing it was because I didn't really know but he um stood up and he started to pray and then they started to sing. And I called it then like singing. And um, they, I was like, oh, we're just going to stand up for a minute and then we'll sit back down. But we kind of never did. We just kept standing up and doing this singing thing. And then I was completely undone. I, I just cried. And I pretended that I wasn't crying. You know, it's just something in my eye. Maybe I had hay fever. Because I was like a 19-year-old bloke. And I was a fireman at the time. I, I don't do... I, was just, I don't know any of these people. I don't do public crying. Then I looked round and I realised that nobody was in the slightest bit interested in me. Not not in a rude way. It's just they were all so focused on Jesus. And actually, as I did look around, I realised a load of them were kind of crying and things were going on as well. And they also, they were all dressed really normally. I've come to love that about the vineyard. I don't, I don't dress up. You know, for many reasons, I don't dress up. But people among us can't afford to. So I don't dress up, if anything. We'll just be normal. So I felt quite normal because I just turned up. I wasn't even expecting fully what this thing would be like. But I just turned up in my, my flip-flops. And it's not like a suit kind of place that we're in. Anyway, this guy did a talk. And I can't be honest, I can't remember a word of it. Um, but at the end, they all stood and he prayed. And I experienced this thing that I'd only previously experienced when I was up in 
Manchester, and now I call it like you know the Holy Spirit, which many of you will be familiar with. But I at the time was just completely overcome. Some people were standing, some were sat, and I then sat down. And this this guy, this massive tall guy, with with like a huge smile on his face, he came and sat next to me, and I never I never quite forget the smile on his face. I can still picture it. And he said, "Would you like me to pray for you?" And I actually didn't say yes or no I just kind of went like this I was like <laughs> you know probably a bit awkward but I, I I guess he took it to mean yes but anyway he prayed for me and I tried not to cry but he he was so kind and I sat there I still remember it now I was just like dazed just looking out for for really quite ages and what what is this thing what kind of just happened it felt so good and yet I'd never really known anything like it in this setting like this and because I was in a bit of a daze I was kind of one of few people left in the room at the end of the whole thing everywhere everyone else had gone on to somewhere else so I just gave a few of the guys a bit of a hand to set some of the stuff down and because um, I, I like I like to do stuff I'm like I just it's no, I just yeah, I'll move a chair and wind the cable back up that I wound out. I know now how to do this. And then one of them, one of these like seven or so guys, who because a number of them were still in the room, one of them said like, "Are you coming over?" And uh, I was like, "I have no idea what coming over meant." So I was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 I'm coming over." And I kind of followed him, and they went into another room um, in a separate part of the school. It was like almost another school, like. I had to walk through this little courtyard thing. And um, as I walked through the door, someone just plonked a donut in my hand. And my mate's mum, where I'd stayed overnight, she was serving tea and coffee. And uh, somehow she just knew that tea and coffee at that age wasn't really my thing. And she just plonked a, a can of Pepsi in my hand. And she was like, there you go, son. And um, I still lived and worked in Essex, but every time I had time on a Sunday, I'd go. And I did the same routine. I just kind of got helped out with one of those teams and, you know, did the whole like walk over thing and somebody would help me with a donut and everyone was kind and friendly. And every week the the worship, like the the worship would just melt me. And um even now the only way I can really describe it is by that song. I don't know if you know the words of that song, but this is how I describe what was happening to me. The words of one of the songs is this. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you, be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. And if I could just in a nutshell explain to you what was happening to me emotionally and spiritually and physically in those moments, it would be the words of that song. That was kind of, I was just being undone. Worship was undoing me. And, you know, I often in that time and through the work I was doing, I had time off during the week. So I'd go along to this thing during the week and I went to this thing that they used to call kinship and I'll save you trying to work that out it's basically what we call small group but I wasn't really very familiar with that kind of thing but 
but I guess more so not in the way that I was about to experience it. The couple that led the group were just so kind to me. You know, the first guy that prayed for me that week, the big tall guy with the massive smile, it turns out he was the guy who led this kinship thing that I went along to. And after a couple of weeks of going along, he said to me, hey, do, do you want to you want to lead the group one week? And uh, it kind of it kind of went like this. Hey, Paul, you've, you've been here a few times now. How about you lead the group? You lead this evening one week. And I was like, yeah, sure. I just kind of said that. Yeah, sure. And uh, anyway, I got in the car and I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why on earth did I say, yeah, sure? <laughs> what, 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 what will I lead it on? What about like me? Why, why have you asked me? We've got this good thing going on and you're potentially about to just wreck it. And anyway, I, I did lead the group one week and I still remember it now. It was, if I'm honest, it was an absolute car crash. I had all these notes and highlighted bits with pink highlighter. I still remember it like that and like handwritten notes. And when I'm looking at my notes, everything just was swimming on the paper. But anyway, as they had been every other week, they they were so kind to me. And they, they did this prayer thing at the end where God seemed to do loads of stuff anyway. And um, I got to know a few of them really quite well, regardless I knew the guy who was leading the group. I got to know him reasonably well. And the guy that, you know, I stayed with on those Sundays, I knew him anyway, so I knew somebody. And then obviously I was <laughs> I knew Steph and I was getting to know her more and more. And over the course of a, a few months, this thing just happened, kind of like was happening in worship where I just unraveled. You know, I'd held loads of stuff really close to my chest, but as they got to know me more and more and through their kindness and their sensitivity and their partnership with the Holy Spirit, it just became a place where I really trusted them and I was honest with them. And after a while, I started to meet with the guy who led the group and this other guy in the in the church who wasn't in that group and I didn't know as well. And we'd, we'd meet quite regularly and they just chatted with me and then they prayed with me and we did that about five or six times for an hour or so maybe over the course of like five or six months and it changed my life and after a period of time I just started to get more and more involved and more and more healed up and then Steph and I started to help lead the youth and I say help out there was kind of like nothing really going on before so we just started to meet with some of the youth that were in the church at the time and I was so different I'd been given so much and changed so much that now I was able to give something to others. And all we really did was just love the people in the way that we'd been loved. And then the church moved from the school that they used to meet into this other place on a Sunday. And gosh, there's like the setup just became something else. We'd get there mega early and everything had to be packed away into like the world's smallest cupboard. It was um, it was actually an old like shower room in this leisure center that wasn't used and I became a bit of a boss at packing a phenomenally large amount of stuff into like the world's smallest cupboard and um, what I started to do was just invite other people to help me do it because I remember the seven that I got to know really well that invited me and helped me do things and be part of things well now I was just part of I didn't even realize it I just became part of doing that for other people they like do you want to help out with this and do you want to be part of this? And could you help me pack this cupboard? And um, sometimes, if I'm honest, it was kind of a bit of hard work. But I got to know so many people. And it's funny, there was just something about it 
where I kind of like doing stuff anyway. I like serving. I like helping make things happen. But we were creating spaces for other people to come. Plus, I just got to know a load of people through doing that. I just remember stood on this corridor as we're like packing this small cupboard. That's kind of one of the places that I really got to know people. I wasn't just turning up to a church and then leaving. It's like I got to know them in that moment. And you'd end up saying to people, hey, like, do you want to, should we have a barbecue? Or like, do, should we go to the pub? Or do you want to watch the football together? And, you know, the the word can be a bit cringy sometimes, but the word, the only word I can really think or phrase to describe it is like we were just doing life together. And I'm I, I'm not saying that I rocked up and it was like, hey, here's all my stuff. Come and deal with it. Or here's all my chips on my shoulder. <clears throat> you like I'm just gonna launch them onto you. It wasn't it wasn't like that. But I guess what I was just saying was in my brokenness and my weakness, I'm guys, I'm I'm in. I'm in for this church. I'm in for Christ. I'm in for the cause of Christ. I'm I'm in for being on this journey together. And on the journey alongside other people, what gradually started to happen is it just revealed more of Jesus and it revealed more of me that needed to become more like Jesus. And I just grew in this greater love for his church and the environments in the context that then we got to do the stuff that the church is called to do. And as we went along, I was just getting more and more healed up and I was starting to realise it. And it was often in the doing. It was often in the minor moments that the big stuff happened. It was being in small group, but it was actually when I was giving them a hand just to do the washing up or when I was helping them clear the barbecue after a barbecue. They were the God moments. And it was on a Sunday when we were shifting tables or sorting out some of the kids rooms in the school. There'd be this moment or this interaction or something that started so naturally suddenly became something almost supernatural. <clears throat> I never chose to be out and they never threw me out. And I want to say this to you this morning. You, you're in until you choose to be out. And even then, someone wants to find a way for you still to be in because that's the people that you're now part of. And every step along the way, all I believe we have to do is say yes to Jesus. And for Steph and I, for us personally, that's kind of ended us up in the place that we're in today. That, But that was never the starting point. All we did was say yes to Jesus. The starting point was I just chose to say yes to Jesus. All of him in all of me. And the more we say yes, it becomes more of him in all of us. I chose all of his church, all of his cause, but ultimately I chose all of him. It's the people of God who are going to shape me and refine me. I'm not going to try and do this without and fully embracing them because they're the ones who are going to help me become like him and that's what he's called to. He's called us to him but also to his church. This, The whole of this thing is growing me to become more like Jesus, to do his stuff. You know, it's not a classroom thing. It's not a taught thing. It's not a concept. It's not a course. It's a relationship with him and also with his people. It's by journeying together. And yet so much of culture and so much of society and therefore so much sometimes of us and our brokenness and our busyness and our mindsets causes us to step back from it and to step back from other people. And the danger of this pandemic that we're in right now 
it can feed the wrong thing. But it's the small group environment so often that is the most powerful discipling environment and mechanism in the church. The primary way people are discipled is through modelling. What they do, how they do it and why they do it becomes the model that is ab absorbed and is, is mirrored. And I, you know, I, I, I talk about them so much. I'm so passionate about them because the Lord has met me and changed me so many times in those environments. And I've seen that in so many of you. And I long for that. I long for that in so many of you that have never known that or seen that or experienced that. The world has changed around us. And yet I don't believe you should sit on the fringe. I don't want to see you not finding the fullness of all that he has for you. I long for you to be drawn into that. And the way I believe we do that, part of that, part of the discipleship of that is by journeying together. So how does this land? How does this hang together? Let, let me just read this to you. In um, John 1, 38, it says this. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon and they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. You know, Jesus chose his disciples from those that the father was drawing towards him. He looked around and he saw them following. We're in a time of rebuilding, rebuilding the nuts and the bolts and the connectivity of this precious church. All we've ever done is said that we're going to love Jesus and love Manchester. And who's up for that? And who's in for that? You know, Jesus said to them, he said, what, what, do, you, what do you want? And their response kind of displayed something that was going in in their hearts. They said, where are you staying? You know, our job isn't to make disciples. <laughs> we're too messed up for that. Don't, don't follow me. Follow him. Our job is to try and point people to him and to walk in greater dependency and obedience with him. Jesus is looking around and he's looking to see who wants to follow him. And then he says to them, what do you, what do you want? He wants people who are willing to lay it all down and follow him and to do it his way and to go on a journey with others in doing that. Can I activate something in you today to want to ask for more, to long for more, to search for more, to throw yourself in completely? Let this be a reset, a recalibration, a restart moment in your life. We've got to move from spectator to participant. You may never have done that. I promise you it's going to change your life. How do you know? How can I promise that? Because I've seen it in so many, but also I believe it's what the Lord called us to do. Come and see. Come and follow me. It's all he said. Invitation in, invitation in, invitation in. He said to them, come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. They went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. His invitation is to come and see. Why did I tell you all of that, all of that about my journey? Because I want you to find your journey. Sometimes we find our journey in somebody else's journey, but I want you to find your journey. I so often think to myself, why didn't somebody tell me this earlier? Just how good it could be, how free I could be, 
how much I could see of him, how much I could fall in love with his church and I could get to do the stuff that he did. Not just calling me out of something, but actually calling me into something. I laid a load of stuff down to follow Jesus. I, I don't want to just lay it down. I want to take something up and actively participate and follow into that. You know, in this new day, in this new world, much will have changed and much will be unsettled. But you have a chance and you have an opportunity to go again or at least even go for the first time, to step into the break of a new dawn and to say, do you know what? I'm in and I'm in for all that he has for me. And the way he'll start to do that, the way you'll start to see that is through discipleship. And we do discipleship together. We journey together, but we have to choose it. We have to fight for it. We have to long for togetherness and for many reasons, but because we're called to be family and we're called to be community. And it's one of the primary ways in which we're discipled. We're on a journey together. But how that looks how that outworks and outplays is up to you. He said to them, what do you want? He asked. And he's looking to see who's following. And then he says, hey, come and see. Come and be part of it. Come and stay with me. And they stayed there together for a while. Of course they did. Because they wanted to be together. They wanted to do the stuff that he was doing. And we do that out of relationship. <clears throat> we do that out of togetherness. We do that out of being willing to say, even in the times of inconvenience, I want to journey alongside you. I want to give of myself to you. I want to be part of this kingdom thing that is far beyond any beyond anything that we see in the natural, it becomes the supernatural. We give of our natural to release his supernatural. I want to invite you into that today. I realise this talk may feel a bit different to some of you in style, but what I really want to do is activate and stir something in your hearts and minds that resets you for all that's coming as we rebuild, as we build back in and we say, I want to be with you. We've had a time of separation and the pain and the cost of that, but let's do this together in, under the unction and the release of the Holy Spirit and let's see what the Lord wants to do in us and through us as we love each other, as we find more of him and as we serve this city. I hope that's helpful. Steph's just going to lead us in a, in a time of ministry.